You are listening to the Life Point Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Drew Meyer. For more information about other Life Point Church resources, please visit www.livethemessage.org. My prayer this morning is that every single person here would experience the goodness of Jesus this Christmas. The goodness of God would be real to every person in this place. And actually this morning I have a message for everybody, even if you're a kid in this place, this message is for you, every kid, every middle schooler, every high schooler, every college student, every adult in this place. I want us to consider that point in the story this morning that that Gil beautifully read, Luke chapter 2 verse 10, it says, an angel appeared to the shepherds. And what did he say? I said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. This Christmas season is a season of good news. Why don't you just tell your neighbor, we have good news. There's good news this Christmas season. There really is. But why would would an angel appear to these shepherds? Shepherds had... I mean, there was no, that was not a respectable position. It was not a, an envied position. It was not a position of influence or power. It was a very humble position, and honestly, it was probably a vocation that was pretty boring. I don't know, where were our shepherds this morning? There was one that was doing a jig out here, Austin. It was phenomenal. For some reason, God in his sovereign wisdom sought out these shepherds. I believe, I believe every generation has a form of busyness. I believe it, and I, and I don't believe first century Israel was any different. I believe they had their form of busyness, and to me, my theory is the shepherds were a captive audience. The shepherds were a group of people that, honestly, they were open to good news. They're just hanging out. I mean, for them, I mean, it's just the status quo every single day. They were watching sheep. But today was a different day. Today was the day an angel appeared. They had an angelic visitation, an encounter with the divine. And the angel shows up and says, there's good news today. It's going to bring great joy to all people. An angel, you can simply think of an angel as a messenger of God. It's it's one who carries out the works of God, who's about God's work in the spiritual realm. Here an angel appears, gives this message, and then a whole host of angels come and and join this angel. But think of it from heaven's perspective for a moment. The angel says that I bring good news. Think of what was taking place that day. This was actually, from heaven's perspective, not a good day. This was the day that heaven was giving its very best. This was the day of commencing heaven's great sacrifice. The angel, from God's divine order, he would have had every right in the world to say, today is a terrible day. Today is the day we are giving our very best the best that we could bring, we're giving it to humanity. Can I tell you the beauty of the Christmas story is that God chose to highlight not his sacrifice, but instead humanity's gain. That's profound. Can I tell you, we can't, cannot force a person to be thankful. It's good for parents to remember this Christmas season. We cannot force our kids to be grateful or thankful in this season. They have to experience something that affects them at their core to then muster up gratitude and thankfulness. And God knew that. So God didn't come in heavy-handed saying, today, 
is my terrible day of sacrifice. Instead, he said, I know they need to experience the good news before they're ever going to show any sort of gratitude or thankfulness. So he declared good news is going to bring great joy to all people. I believe the story of Jesus is the story of God's generosity on display. It's God's great heart of generosity on display for humanity. He didn't highlight his sacrifice, his loss. Instead, he highlighted humanity's gain. We can know a generous, extravagantly generous God. I'm praying that every person in this place, whatever your background is, whatever your experience with church is, whatever your experience with Jesus is or with Christ followers or people that call themselves Christians, I'm praying this morning the goodness of God would penetrate your life in a tangible way. The good news that's supposed to bring great joy to our lives would be experienced this Christmas season. That's my heart. So I want to share one, one final story this morning. Several, a few years ago, me and my wife, we made a journey to our homeland of North Dakota. And we had two, two kids at that point. Our two youngest had not yet arrived on the earth, but uh, our other two were with us. So our son was probably four and our daughter two. We were traveling to our homeland. We were going to go to a wedding, and I was also going to speak at a church. At the time, I was a missionary, so this was a church that supported me as a missionary. And so we had a late night Saturday night. It was an evening wedding, and late into the night, we celebrated our friend's wedding. And the next morning, it was a, it's a large church, and they had three services, so I had to get out of the house early. At 6 a.m., I was trying to sneak around the house and get out, the, get out of the house without anybody waking up. So I successfully did that and made my way to the church. We went through the first service. By the time the first service wrapped up, my dad came up and whispered in my ear, and he said, Drew, Lucy is missing. We can't find her anywhere. And that morning, obviously, the breath was taken out of my lungs and didn't know what to do with that information, but everything stood still. I quickly exited the sanctuary, called my wife, and said, Tanya, what, what is going on? And she said, obviously, we, we, they were letting Lucy sleep. Because if you're a parent in this place, you never wake a sleeping child. And, <laughs> and our kids were up late the night before, and so obviously we're not going to open the door. We're going to let her sleep. But they, they ended up coming in the room at 9 a.m. to get them up for church, and she ended up looking under the bed, looking in the closet, realizing she's nowhere in the room, ended up looking all over the house, began opening up the doors and calling out outside. This was summertime. Nowhere could they find Lucy. I said, we got to call 911. And she hung up the phone. She called 911. The police said they had Lucy. And what had happened was Lucy had, around the time that I had uh, left, she had wandered out looking for me. The diaper and wipes in her hand, she began <laughs> wandering the neighborhood saying, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. She ended up wandering quite a ways away. And the crazy thing about it is my parents live on a, the, the, the backside of their house is a 150-foot ravine. This is uh, western North Dakota, so it's, it's beautiful. It's also western North Dakota where there's an oil boom, so it's not honestly the safest place. All sorts of things could have happened. She ended up wandering quite a ways away, and a young father around my age was walking his dog, 
and he spotted this two-year-old girl. And so he brought her in, and they had kids of their own. They changed her diaper. They called the police. The police came and picked her up. She was already at the station. The police officer had already dropped, I mean, stopped by his house, picked up some Cheerios for her. They took good care of her. But there she was at the police station, really oblivious to her own lostness. It took us several more hours to get her back. Because so much time had spanned, they had to really check, you know, uh, check, check us out, make sure we were legit. We didn't get her back until early afternoon, but my heart was you know, the, the, just in such excruciating pain, awaiting the embrace of my daughter again. I tell that story because I feel like it's a vivid example of the way you and I are. We are so much like my lost Lucy, wandering this world, searching, searching, I think many times crying out for our father. Some people wouldn't articulate it like that, about it, but I believe we're all groaning and groping for something that's real and tangible. I'm reminded of Romans chapter 1, verse 20, where it says, his invisible attributes, specifically his eternal power and his divine nature, are perceived clearly, even from the beginning of the creation of this world. I believe his, God has made himself real to everybody. That's why I believe atheism is continually on the decline, even as science arises. Atheism is on the decline. Everyone has this eternal knower that knows there is an eternal God. And we're like our, my Lucy, wandering, saying, Father, Father, where are you? I believe the heart of the Father is revealed at Christmas. He says, I would give anything to get her back. I just want my Lucy back. And I would pay any price. I'd go through any amount of discomfort or pain to get her back in my embrace. That's what the Father has said this morning to you. He said it 2,000 years ago when he sent his very best to buy you back, to purchase you back. He didn't hold back. He said, I'm willing to set aside my comfort for a season. I believe the, the breath of heaven was taken out of, out of the, the chest of the Father for a season as he gave his very best, not recognized by many, not appreciated by many at all, but to have relationship with you. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8 says, He is so rich in his kindness and his grace that he would purchase for us the freedom from the blood of his son and forgive us of our sins, along with wisdom and understanding. He is so rich in kindness and grace. He would pay the highest price for you. And this Christmas season is meant to be experienced in a fresh way. That's why we do what we do every Christmas season. I feel like that's the, the trap of Christmas is it's on the calendar, so we, we can begin to just go through the motions, or we can allow that to be a gift to our lives, to allow us to stop and reflect the gravity, the significance of the story before us. This is God's generosity on display, his extravagant love displayed for you and for me. So everyone would just bow their heads and close their eyes in this place. I want to give an opportunity to respond. I do have one final special treat for the kids. So do listen up, kids. This response is for everybody in here. If you're a child in here, this morning can be your morning to respond to Jesus. 
My son Bryce gave his heart to Christ on Christmas Eve, 2014. And if you're a kid in this place, you can respond to Jesus. If you're a a student, if you're an adult, this morning could be your moment to respond to the love of the Father, the extravagant love of Jesus. So if you're here in this place and you say, Drew, yeah, I want to make, I want to get things right with God. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've even prayed a prayer in the past, but this morning you just know you need to get things right. If that's you in this place, would you just raise your hand? Awesome. Are there any other hands? Awesome. If you raise your hand, and even if you didn't raise your hand, several of you made eye contact with me as well. This morning, you want to make things right with God. You want to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to pray like this. Lord, this morning, I choose to recognize what you've done for me. That 2,000 years ago, you would go out of your way to pursue relationship with me, to get me back. Recognize that I'm lost without you. And this morning, I choose to surrender my life fully to you. You are now my Savior and my Lord. I give you everything. I surrender it all. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. If you prayed that prayer, this morning is a big, a big morning. This is the morning where you start relationship with Jesus, or maybe you have had a relationship with Christ. This morning is the morning where you reinitiate that relationship. And it's only the beginning. It's not supposed to be a one and done prayer and you go on your merry way. It's supposed to be a life transformational, a life uh, trajectory defining prayer. That type, that, that type of uh, moment just took place and I'm so excited for you if you prayed that prayer this morning. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information about LifePoint Church, please visit www.livethemessage.org.